Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 123-123. That feels kind of exciting, right? Um, Okay, my only announcement that I have for today is that my uh, new song, Closer to You, which really, honestly, you guys, it's the sexiest song I've ever written. It's really just a vibe. Um, It was out, it came out last Friday. So go on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music or wherever you listen and type in Closer to You by Emily Merrill and find it and give that a few spins or like, you know, a few dozen spins. If you love it, add it to your playlists, send it to people you love, you know, it's a good one. Send it to, uh, okay, listen, here's the thing though. Closer to You is a song for like, love that didn't quite work out but that you still like have some feelings so it could be like you know ex exes that you still sometimes think about occasionally it could be like people that it just didn't quite work maybe you were in the friend zone maybe they maybe they think you put them in the friend zone but you still have some feelings you know whatever so um I don't know you can think about all the sneaky people that you think about in your private mind um that you feel feel the uh the message of the song about and uh don't send the song to them because that might be creepy um but you know you can privately know like this is the song that represents the uh mismatched feelings that I have about some people who are in the world who I no longer really talk with um that's what closer to you is for and like I said it's a vibe and it's it's a pretty sexy vibe so check it out okay that's all the next single for the hallowed wide will be coming out in april middle of april so i'll be talking about that with you guys coming up soon um gosh in the meantime well i guess i'll just tell you i had a great um weekend last weekend i went to kansas city to talk with a bunch of other um, producers who work for the kind of wedding band company that i work with and it was so much fun it was great to catch up with people who are you know, thinking creatively about that kind of stuff in the same way that I am and kind of just reminding me that all the work that we do sort of comes back in on our our creative processes and um, makes a nice uh, whole. And I really, I like that about my work and I feel like, you know, a lot of artists would feel a similar way. Um, Today's guest is uh, a really, really cool guy recommended by um, Katie McKell, who I interviewed last year. Um, he's a friend of hers and now he's a friend of ours. Um, Ted gave me a really short little bio, but he's done so many things. So you'll have to listen to the episode to hear all the things that make him just, you know, so interesting and talented and has, you know, uh, so much experience and, and a, and a great story. Um, but here's, here's, um, Ted's official bio. Ted Slaymaker, tattoo artist and body modification specialist since 2008, owner of Arcade Tattoo LLC, available for private and commercial illustrations and murals. And he's at Ted Slaymaker, which is spelled exactly how it sounds on Instagram. Um, But yeah, Ted does does uh, photography and um, is a very creative business owner. He does a ton of like charity events, um, a lot of community events he just really thinks of his work in a in a in a in a larger than life kind of a way and he's thinking a lot about arts in the community and um how we kind of all work together um 
and yeah, he's doing all kinds of creative stuff. So, um, so yeah, today's guest is Ted. I'm excited for you guys to hear from him. Ooh. And I wanted to also let y'all know that I, um, I just a couple weeks ago finished recording all of the episodes for season five. That's the season that we're in. And, uh, this week I've got two, um, interviews scheduled with some great guys, um, for season six. So I want you to know I'm thinking ahead. I'm planning always just kind of getting better at, um, you know, finding cool people to talk to and getting all my systems in place. So I'm feeling excited about that. And I hope you are too. Um, and as always, if you're listening to Artifice, I would love to hear from you. It means so much to me to know who's out there and who's listening. And yeah, warm fuzzies, feel good stuff. Okay, here comes Ted. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists, and I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Okay. Do you have any questions before we start, or do you want to just dig in? Um... No, I think we can just dig in. Well, yeah. I'm excited to meet you and talk to you. Katie has spoken so highly of you, and she just thinks you're brilliant, and I'm sure you are. So I'd like to hear all about it. Um, let's start by talking about what you were like as a creative child. Like, what were you getting into when you were little? As a child. Um, so as a child, I, I really got into caricature drawings. Um, cool. And uh, How did you start drawing? Um, so my mom was an artist, my mother, okay. um, she was a, a painter and, uh, and a sketch artist. She drew, drew professionally. As well. Um, no, she, she did enter several art shows for okay, like cool. the commissioner's art show and cool. stuff, things like that. But, um, she did sell her art, cool. um, to locals and stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, no formal training is all, sure, um, sure. she liked to say she wasn't professional, but I mean, um, we have issues with that as artists. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, so many people who make their living in art, like sit in this chair and go like, well, I don't really think of myself as an artist. And I'm like, you, you definitely are. <laughs> like, right. This is your job. <laughs> yeah. She was also, um, a guitarist with, um, the grand old Opry. So she oh, played cool. backup guitar for several well noted musicians like so the Charlie Daniels did you band. Grow up, so. <laughs> where did you, cool. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up mostly in Utah, but okay. I traveled a lot in my younger years as well. Okay. Um, one of the things that really got me started into um, tattoo art was the Sturges 99 biker rally. And um, how, my yeah. mother went to get a tattoo. I was nine years old. I was going to say, how old were you? Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the tattoo artist had his apprentice set up another station while my mom was getting tattooed. Cool. And, um, after that, they, uh, the artist had me tattoo him. What? When yeah. you were nine? When I was nine years Holy old. Cow. It was funny. I do a, I did a little stick figure on his arm. Oh um, my gosh. That's so funny. Why? Like, was it like a, Hey, my son's an artist. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was one of those things that, um, I was really into that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm autistic as well. Okay. Um, and so when I was really young, I used to draw on my arms and draw all over myself and stuff cool. like that. Cool. And um, it was just something I was really into was tattoos. I used to draw and color on my mom's half finished tattoos, like line work wow. tattoos and stuff. I love that. 
And uh, yeah, so I was just, I was sitting there very intrigued, quiet the whole time, just yeah. watching him tattoo. So he was like, okay, this, this kid really likes very this. Interested. Yeah. I love too. like, I mean, I feel like this also just implies, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it implies so much about like your mom kind of believing in you that she would like let you color on her um, yeah, I mean, um, in, in my early years, yeah, definitely. She was she was very supportive about my art and stuff yeah. like that, for sure. I'd love to get an idea of like, you know, just what what's the context of like our our earliest relationship to like art and creativity. Um, so I'm not sure what to ask, but I think maybe one question I have is like, when you were little, like, you know, as early as you can remember, did you feel like you were like talented or did you just like love art or like, how did you feel about drawing? I just enjoyed the escape it gave me from, uh, the monotony of regular life. I sure. suppose like when I was a child, there wasn't a lot that I understood being autistic. Sure. Um, and I wasn't diagnosed when I was younger. Okay. Um, I was born in 1990. There wasn't a lot of testing sure. being done. Sure. And I was uh, what would now be considered high functioning, yeah. which is, you know, kind of a hurtful label in itself. But totally. Um, yeah. So art was always a, a nice escape from emotion for me. Sure. I, I felt everything very, very differently from those around me. And um, art was a very good escape. Just being able to express myself in color and line was... Yeah cathartic do you have siblings several several and where yes. are you like in the birth order uh, I am nearly youngest um so okay. I have six older sisters one older brother and then um then there's me and then I have an adoptive younger brother and younger sister okay so. cool so yeah you I mean it was like maybe a bit chaotic oh, in yeah. your home and yeah oh yeah and I and you know if you're overstimulated that's like a thing or art would be a thing to like kind of go to Quite. what kind of stuff did you like drawing when you were a child um I liked drawing abstract caricature so okay. um I did a lot of comic book art and um little cartoon dinosaurs and turtles and drawings like that and stuff but I would um often take things that I seen in other media and draw it the way I Your saw version. it in my version cool, of it. So, cool. um, and that's kind of translated into my current art. A lot of the tattoos that I design are loosely, um, In cartoon cool. inspired. Did, were you, did you always feel kind of, um, like permission to like adapt the characters or did you feel like that was something that came like a bit later? Like you were mimicking first or did you always um, kind of feel that freedom? Honestly, I've, I've mostly just drawn my own way okay, cool. most of my life. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, and then I want to know, like, if there were other mediums affecting you, like they don't have to be mediums that you're like actively participating in, but like reading, music, film, video games. Um, so I'm also a photographer. Okay, I, cool. I love going out hiking and taking photographs in nature. Um, I've actually had a couple of photographs that I've sold and published uh, in National Geographic, cool. of uh, awesome. there's like one of a stinging nettle. It was really cool. Cool, cool. So I took a picture in Oceanside, California, off the reef. Oh, cool. And um, there's there's been several things like that that I really I take a lot of inspiration from that as well. I love tattooing nature scenes, cool. um, especially ones that I've taken pictures of myself. Cool. Um, 
like, love collaborating with other artists like that awesome. as well. And it's very fun. Anything specifically as a child that you were like consuming a lot of? I watched kind of like informing your so much Saturday morning television. Yeah. Um, I yeah. and comic books and uh, my grandpa really got me into um, Norse mythology cool. and um, I'm Norse pagan because of him cool. and um, have been basically my whole life. So <laughs> Wait, how old were you when when that was like starting to be something you were interested in? Like when like when did that happen? Um Honestly, as early as I can remember, cool. I've always been interested in cool. uh, all of that kind of stuff. Mythology so. is so rich; like it, it gives you it give. It's such incredible, like fodder for imagination and kind of like structuring. I was I was always taken by that stuff when I was a child too. Yeah, um, I didn't have any adults in my life who were like in a position to like shepherd me like further into yeah. those worlds. Yeah. Uh, but if there had been, I would have been like, take me there, please. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I really love about, um, like learning that kind of stuff from my grandpa is that not only was it like really rich cultural stories and stuff, but it's yeah. also my heritage. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's pretty cool. Like just knowing the stories yeah. and where the faith actually gets its lessons from and stuff. So. And the, like, is is it can, can you call it a religion? Is it like is oh, absolutely. The word you um, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm part of a, a religious organization. It's called Raven Guard Kindred. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. So when how old were you when like or um, I think I'm wondering like at what point the religious aspects and like values and morality or whatever were um, like as interesting to you as the stories, or if they were kind of always intertwined. Honestly, they were kind of always intertwined. Cool. My grandfather practiced um, and often did ritual um, cool. on a very regular basis. Uh, usually we kind of focused on the moon cycle. Cool. Um, it's a pretty pagan yeah. tradition, especially Norse pagans. We um, base things off of a, lu a lunar calendar. So, cool. Cool. Um, But yeah, and how that affected like my art and things is that it gave me a really... Um, strong love for the research aspect of sure. tattoos as well. So I've, sure. I've done anywhere from Egyptian style tattoos to just normal American traditional tattoos. Cool. And they all have such a rich culture like that's so fun to learn about. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, I know what you mean about like research. Like I, I think about my, I'm a musician, but I think about my art in a similar way a lot of the time. Like I need, I need to, even if like I'm, even if I'm like inventing the backstories, you know, right. like I need to feel like the work is coming out of like a, a rich context or, or it feels like kind of untethered to me, right. kind of. Yeah. Um, so I like, I'm, I'm interested in like human development. I'm interested in like our artist identity, our like relationships with creativity. Um, which is why I like to kind of start with our childhoods and kind of get an idea like right. what's the what's going on with like those relationships with creativity and art. And then when we're in our teen years, I feel like we also go through some like important things. Um, so I'd like to ask, um, did your like schoolmates and teachers like know that you were an artist? Was that like part of your um, 
outward identity? It, it was definitely part of my outward identity. I took every art class I could in every cool. school I got the chance to. And I actually um, went to college for art as well. I okay, have a cool. bachelor's degree in cool. um, fine arts with a focus on graphic design. I will definitely ask more about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how teen was, years. Yeah, how was it like, <laughs> how was your um, artistry like received by your peers? Like, did you feel like it was like a, a, a net positive or did you feel kind of like different? Um, it was definitely a net positive. Awesome. Um, a lot of my teen years were spent down in Monroe in Sevier okay. County. Um, okay. and I lived at a place called Mystic Hot Springs. I've heard um, of this place. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, the owner, Mike, uh, Ginsburg, he's uh, still a good friend of mine. I, I've seen him recently. He's a really nice guy. Um, I actually used to work for him when I was in, uh, that right when I was in middle school and high school. Awesome. Um, and I took care of animals and I helped clean things up and take care of the hot tubs and different things like that. Learned a lot of manual skills, but I also, um, he taught me a few things on how to blow glass and awesome. how to make like really cool tie dye. Cause cool. he's like a classic hippie. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> he, he taught me all the cool techniques on how to, cool. um, uh, make macrame, um, awesome. braided, uh, necklaces and bags and all kinds of stuff. So That's so cool. I can't even imagine what it would be like to like experience, to be like a kind of like magical artistic soul and to like live in a place where like the culture and the adults in your life, like allow it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it, it was, was it was honestly a pretty culturally rich little place to grow up to. Yeah. Um, there was several, um, festivals every summer, um, where lots of artists would come from all around and uh, sell their little yeah. hippie trinkets. And I love stuff like that. So, you know, um, you and when I was in high school, I started um, making my own T-shirts and um, I'm actually wearing. Oh, cool. Uh, so one you of started my designs kind of, now. It's beautiful. Thank so you. you started kind of like being a like a business artist yeah. in high school. Yeah. That's awesome. And how was it received? Uh, very well, actually. Um, because of that, my art teacher um, wanted me to do the commissioner's art show. Um, mm -hmm. I won first place in the, um, what was it? 2000 and Probably like I want to say five. Yeah. I was going to say 2005. Five, I want to say it was a 2005. Older than you, so yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was I a 2005 commissioner's art show in Sevier County. And I took first place for, um, a realistic drawing of a cow skull. Cool. Cool. Drink your vitamin water. Okay, no, it's fine. We're very like we're very casual on this podcast. I'm um, so one thing that I that I get kind of fascinated about with like you know the intersection of like our creative um, growth and kind of like our human development is like I find that a lot of artists during the teen years kind of transform like they go through some kind of a something um, with taking the the creative skills that were play as children and kind of turning them into like, you know, excellent, like kind of hard skills. Like, yeah. Um, so do, do you have like, do you have things on yes. that subject? So, like um, practicing? that is one of the yeah. ways that I transitioned into my current career as a tattoo artist. Okay, um, cool. when I was in high school, uh, I also started designing tattoo flash and what is, what is, that? um, so it's basically it just pre-designed tattoos that are ready to, it's like the art that's hanging on the walls in a lot of tattoo okay. shops. It usually consists of five, five or six little tiny designs that are about a hundred, $200 each. Okay. Okay. You know? Um, so 
And they're, they're not called, like custom designs. Yeah, they're not custom designs. You can bet that more than one person has them tattooed on them. They're sold to lots of different places. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Like cool. a traditional rose flash sheet is one of the most common ones. So okay. Um, okay. I would draw things like that and go sell them to tattoo shops. Oh, awesome. Um, and the local like... tattoo shop uh, decided to hire me as an apprentice. Amazing. And you were in high school? I was, I was 16, yeah. How did you... Um... Or can you just talk about like what it felt like to have the confidence or develop the confidence to um, to like shop around your ideas like that? Like that's I I feel like I would have been too shy to do that kind of thing as a teen. Yeah. So is that just like is this your personality or like how, how did I've you... always been pretty um, outward. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much just my personality. I, I try to go after what I want. Tell me this like this is maybe like a weird question, but like. Do you feel like this, do you feel like you recognize, okay, it's a two-part question. Okay, no <laughs> Do you feel like you recognize this same type of confidence that you have kind of inherently in other artists? Like, you, uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I try to look for that type of outward confidence yeah. when uh, I'm hiring apprentices cool. to train to um, learn how to tattoo. And, stuff and then like follow-up question. When you're when you come across artists who you think are talented but maybe aren't confident in that same way, do you feel like you have kind of like insights into like how they could develop that confidence or like what are your thoughts about it? Or do you think about um, it? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a case by case basis, but yes. Um I feel there there's a way that a lot of artists can, you know, build their confidence and just once you start projecting more confidence, your art's going to get better. That's mm. just in it, in the experience. I've, I've seen that happen time and time again. Once you build the confidence, the art gets better. Mm. And then when the art gets better, vice versa, it's a, you know, double edged yeah. sword, so to speak. So I do find that there's maybe like a difference between like an inward confidence and like a, an outward confidence though. Yeah. Cause some, I mean, we all know like plenty of artists are like, extremely introverted oh yeah and oh, might yeah. be like incredible artists and like maybe they're very confident about their art skills but they're not as confident like talking to other people about their art skills yeah no i i totally understand that um and like when especially when you're marketing it as your main source of income you really got to be adamant about marketing yourself and yeah you know i'm an introvert too i don't i really don't like people but yeah. Yeah. People, what a bunch of bastards. See, I love people, but I don't, I'm an introvert too. Like I, I get very anxious in like groups, mm -hmm. but I really, really like people like one-on-one. One-on-one. Yeah. I love people. Yeah. yeah. I, I love persons. I don't I, like people. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> well, and I think like, you know, cause again, like I think I'm fascinated by these things for so many reasons. I think art is like it's such a triumph of our species. Like I'm just interested in the fact that like we can make art at all. Like, yeah, I think, I think creativity is like just, it, it is the triumph of our species. I think. Absolutely. And, uh, and I, I feel it's a tragedy that not every human creates. I agree. So I love talking to people who've like you know, stake to claim in creativity as adults about just like how you see it, like what it feels like to you, how you, how you did it. Um, and then I think I'm also, 
I'm preoccupied with like these human development questions because my childhood was like not a, a creatively safe space. Yeah. Um, my parents are both like narcissistic. They were really hard on me. Um, yeah. and so I'm, I'm curious about these kind of like resilience types of questions. Cause you know, I didn't lose my creativity, even though I think I had maybe every reason to <laughs> based right. on how it was like not encouraged. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. What were you going to um, say? And I mean, my, my art was definitely encouraged by a lot of my peers and a lot of my family. Um, yeah. not to say that there weren't a lot of struggles, sure. um, you know, like, especially in my early years, one of the things that helped that held me back a little was that I, I started working when I was like 14 years old. So I started working a, a construction job. Nonetheless, I yeah, was like doing roofing grown up man job. Yeah. Grown yeah. up man job at 14, um, and started paying a lot of the bills. And as I mentioned, I worked for the, um, the landlord, uh, Mike at mystic yeah. hot springs. I did okay. like farm work, like took care of horses and goats yeah. and llamas and did you stuff feel like, like that, so. um, did you feel like, kind of excited about being like kind of treated and seen as an adult or did you feel like stressed out about that? It, a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely nice to have the freedom to be able to say, you know, well, I earned this money, so I'm going to spend it. You know, I'm going to spend some of it on my own. Yeah. Um, there was, I had to help my mom pay a lot of the bills because I grew up in poverty in a yeah. trailer park, but, um, you know, so. Were your older siblings helping too? Um, by that time it was, um, mostly just me and my mother. Um, okay. one of my older brother did end up moving down, um, a year later, um, and living with me for a couple of years down there. But, um, for the most part, when my mother and father split up, uh, my mother moved down there and okay. then a few years later I moved down there with her. Okay. So, so were some, were some of your siblings with your dad? Most of them were with my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. 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 Yeah. Um, three of my older sisters are actually my stepsisters okay. and they're, um, my stepmom. So my dad's uh, okay. new wife is okay. where they were. So, um, so yeah. And a couple of them were also over the age of 18 and living their own lives. Uh, yeah. my eldest sister, um, Sasha lived in California at the time. So, um, yeah. so during this time that you were starting to kind of like earn income, like not with art. Um, and how were you able to like preserve the way that you were valuing your art, like by yourself? Does that make sense? Um, just like when I was younger, it was, it was still an escape for me. Okay, so, I um, I would sit in my room for hours on end in the middle of the night, just drawing and, um, you know, doing things Were like you, that. So. At, at what age did you maybe first start thinking like, maybe I'll make a living as an artist? Um, Is that like later? Or I mean, honestly, or like I wanted out? to be a tattoo artist since I was nine since from were, that Sturges rally. Sure. I That was, I'm like, I'm going to be a tattoo artist. So and during then, this time that you were working in construction, you still had that, like that time didn't like uh, damage that dream at all. Um, you were like, this work is temporary. Yeah. If anything, it um, solidified that I really didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. I was going to say, I can <laughs> see that being like leaving a, you know, 15, 16 year old, like a bit jaded. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. It's like, oh, I, I definitely don't like doing anything like that anymore. Yeah. Um, I have worked construction jobs, you know, a few times since Did then. Did you but... have any teachers in your like maybe teen years who like really, um, you know, helped you make your art like more professional or did you kind of do that yourself? 
Um, a lot of it was myself. However, um, my high school art teacher did help uh, quite like a bit. His, his name was Mr. Harris. Cool. Um, what was that like? Uh he was he was super supportive. Um, like I said, in fact, the art commissioner, the commissioner's art show that I won first place, he took my um, final project from school and didn't tell me that he put it oh, in the art show. Wow, that's so, like such a vote of confidence. Yeah, that kind and then of he thing. He came to school the next week with the blue ribbon. Like, hey, you won this, by the way. Cool. I can imagine that kind of a thing, like really meaning so much to oh, yeah. a young person like here's this adult who's not just an adult but like a professional in in this field. oh yeah yeah definitely he's also a professional wedding photographer and nature cool. photographer he's been published several times as well cool. um, um do you want to say anything about like how you like thought about or had strategy with or motivated yourself to improve your own craft like as a teen like how did you you can you can give like a real specific answer about like how you tried to like get better at things or you can give like a more emotional answer like whatever um i don't i'm not sure uh, i would say organic. there's um there's a nice uh story i have about um something i used to do Please tell every me. every summer <laughs> i would go uh, each summer i would go hiking up into monrovian canyon which was just uh the canyon just south of uh, where I lived at the Mystic Hot Springs. Um, and I would hike up there um, right at the beginning of summer. I would pack um, called a bug out bag, you know, and just uh, some supplies, some jerky and dried fruits and different things like that. Wow. Um, by yourself? By myself. Oh my God. Um, I would always tell a couple of my good friends where I was going and they'd come visit me and bring me snacks a, a week or two in. But I okay, would stay cool. up there for um, at least a month at a time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and how did the adults in your life feel about this? Uh, so honestly, it was just my mom. Okay. Um, and she was working a lot as well and was honestly not super attentive. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I, I kind of had a lot of independence as a child. Did you like it or did you feel like, I wish maybe at, I was a little less independent? At the time child? it was enjoyable. Okay. However, now I, I see the value of the structure that I lacked. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah. Nevertheless, <laughs> you had adventures. Nevertheless, I had adventures. And I would uh, I would spend uh, a month or several weeks at a time uh, during the summer just... I would hike up to this cave that I found. Um, and it was up a 60-foot sheer cliff face. Oh, my and gosh. And I would climb up the face of it with a rope attached. And then I'd drag all my stuff up on oh, wow. with me. And then I'd stay up in that cave for weeks at a time. There was a little freshwater spring that oh, came out gosh. of it. Oh, my gosh. A wild it was child, magical. A wild teenager. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that does sound magical. Did did you did you um like directly translate those experiences into art, or was it more just like did you feel them as kind of like separate things? Uh, or, or I think maybe I'm wondering like at at whether your kind of like art identity was like related to these experiences. It really solidified a love for nature. Um, I was able to see several animals and um, plant life that not a lot of people got to see bloom in its entirety. Sure. There's a couple of, uh, there's a cliff primrose that is native to Utah that only that only grows above a certain altitude on the side of a cliff. Cool. And this particular place had a bunch of it did and it was beautiful. Did you feel like pretty serious about 
these experiences as a teen? Definitely. Like, yeah. Um, I, kind of? I, 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 spent this entire time just drawing and taking in nature and taking oh, photos and like just research. enjoying being out there. Yeah. Your very own like Walden pond or something. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Okay. And then tell me how you like, um, decided to like go to college to major in art. What's the story of that? So, um, the college decision was actually after I started my apprenticeship and became a a tattoo artist. Um, okay. I w- apprenticed from the time I was 16 until about 18. Um, when I was the day I turned 18, I became a licensed tattoo artist. Okay. Um, I've been tattooing for 13 years now. Is and, it, uh, what do you want to say about like the experience or what's like, I mean, what would you like for the listeners to know about like what's special about tattooing? Um, tattooing gives you a lot of freedom and, I've always been about freedom, I guess. So, um, but it's going on someone else's body. So like there must be like some constraints, like what is it? There, there are constraints when it comes to certain design elements. Um, however, as long as I've been doing it, I've cultivated a very good following of people who just want my art, your work. They like my work specifically. And that's why they come to me. Talk about your work. Like what, what is it like? Like what, what are your kind of, I'd love to hear about like your philosophies and values about like your own work. Um, with my own work, I, I try to focus on, uh, dynamic, um, design and longevity. Okay. So with cool. tattoos, I, I tend to design with a, a multiple line weight setup. So it's, um, like a bold line on the outside. It's very art nouveau, very okay. neo-traditional. Um, but I also do a lot of black and gray realism and I try to, um, blend the, the styles that I do together, um, in a way that is artistically pleasing, of course. Um, Another thing that I've focused a lot of my career on is learning how to cover old tattoos and to saturate things properly with color that they don't, uh, don't have any migratory issues. Um, and so that they, they keep their design longer. Yeah. So do you think about like the, or like, how do you think about the individual like body that your tattoo, that your work is going on to? Um, my canvas. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I view it is as a, as a canvas. Um, I, I do everything I can to make sure that I maintain the, the workspace while I'm doing it. So I use a lot of, um, creams and ointments that help to soothe the skin while I'm tattooing. Cause, uh, you know, if, uh, if your canvas is wiggling about, it's not going to be so fun. So, um, I try to, um, make sure that my clients are comfortable and, um, that, uh, you know, we're collaborating on yeah, that's whatever kind of what doing. I'm wondering about, like, like how do you kind of like adapt or, um, change things a little based on like, or if you do, I mean, you don't, it's fine if you don't, but based on like the person's like personality or, a lot of the time when I'm designing tattoos, I like to have an in-person consultation so mm-hmm. that I can get to know the person, meet with them, talk with them for a few minutes and um, kind of get the idea behind why they're wanting their tattoo. Yeah. Um, usually people explain things very excitedly and it's it's a good way to notice which things they're the most excited about. Yeah. Um, and then I try to focus on 
not really the mental picture that they're trying to project to me, but the feeling, feeling. that they're trying to get out of it. How do you do that? I mean, I know it's an impossible thing to answer. I feel like I do. I, I teach, which I feel like is a similar, like, you know, if I'm like, if I'm helping my students with like songwriting, it's like, I get a very intimate, um, view into like their creative process and I'm like involved in it some, you know, somehow Definitely. I find that it takes like a lot of empathy or, or, or creative thinking, you know, kind of perspective shifting. Absolutely. Um, do you want to say anything about what that's like? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that really helped solidify being able to read a client's intention for their tattoo was when I did decide to go to college. Okay. Um, so early in my career, after I became a tattoo artist, um, I started um, completing like my um, diploma. I actually ended up dropping out of high school yeah. um, my junior year. You had so a lot I, going on. I did. Um, and uh, so I, I ended up getting my diploma and then going to college um, in my early 20s and um, getting my bachelor's degree in fine arts. Now that focused a lot on art theory. Okay. Um, a lot of art theory is, um, you know, reading the stories about like Van Gogh and Dolly and um, the uh, Pablo Picasso, which is um, a few, just a few of my favorites anyway, yeah. um, that, uh, you know, they would focus on their mental state in a lot of the studies and not quite as much just the art, but how it was affected by what was going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, seeing that, you know, the sadness displayed in, in pieces of art like that, while it can be just sad, it can also be very cathartic. And yeah. I try to I try to get whatever feeling is coming from my client about their tattoo. I do a lot of tribute tattoos, for instance. And with a tribute tattoo, that's where you want to focus. You want to focus on giving them something that reminds them of who they're getting it for and the happy times. Yeah. But it's always going to be a reminder that they're not here anymore. Yeah. You know? Right. Or something like that. It has that. to be, like, related to, like, the feeling around like the loss of that person or yeah, something or like exactly. some honoring them like yeah not the loss itself but the reason why the loss hurts so much exactly, which is yeah. why they were such a good person or you yeah. know the meanings behind a lot of tattoos people do a lot of pet tattoos i do those yeah. several um and it's just one of those things where you really want to catch the pet's personality so you want to talk to them about oh what was your pet like you know yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So does that feel like an honor to you? Like, how do you feel about like the, uh, like the weightiness of it? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm very honored anytime someone asks me to do a tributary piece, um, for yeah. whether it be for a pet, um, I'm a big animal person, so yeah. I, I really appreciate that or you whether it be for that, a relative like... that has passed or anything like that. Yeah, you take it all like very seriously and like oh, earnestly. Yeah, definitely. I've been like fascinated lately. I've been thinking a lot about like earnestness in the last maybe year or so, um, and like what place earnestness has in like our our culture. Like, I feel like we have a culture right now, like by and large in our country, that is like not that doesn't value earnestness. Yeah. Um. Do you, I don't know. This is random, but do you have thoughts about that? Um. You know, honestly, I try to be to be honest and kind in all my interactions. And I notice that that's not really the way the world is. Yeah, it's like people don't like people don't value 
that like it's almost like earnestness is kind of seen as like um childlike or something right yeah, yeah. i i agree Do, I you agree. know what i mean yeah yeah or like caring so much about something is like not that cool or yeah. something having passion about something <laughs> yeah. is is like wow you're lame yeah or every, everybody's a hipster about excitement nowadays they really are like what the heck i feel very like i get feeling very i don't know i've been having a lot of i've been doing a lot of like personal philosophizing on this subject of late um like where is there room for earnestness in the world but you know there is room for it like people who are really into video games are really earnest people who are like really into like anime are earnest there are like our pockets where like earnestness is like a big part of the culture. That I I think that a lot of that is due to despite what a lot of the media wants you to believe is that uh, comic books and video games and anime still have lessons they're trying to teach. Right. Right. Totally. Yes. Like, no. I every, totally agree. Every anime out there, every video game out there has a clearly defined hero and villain. And you know which side you're on. That's so interesting. I haven't thought about this before, but like one thing. So I'm a musician and I write concept albums exclusively. I'm just not interested in things that are not like on a theme, having a point. Like I feel like I I construct my my albums like an author constructs a book. Like I think I or a movie like it, it feels like that to me. And I always have like a purpose like this. Like I do feel super earnest about it. And I always feel like I, like I, I have like a, maybe not like a lesson that I'm trying to teach, but like something that I, that I'm trying, I'm hoping that listeners will look at or think about. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the kind of main, I don't know, criticism might be too strong of a word, but like the, the kind of pushback that I'll get or misunderstanding is always kind of like some, some uh, version of like music doesn't do this. Like this isn't what music is for these days. Like maybe music is supposed to be for like a catharsis or it's supposed to be to create a certain kind of a mood, but like, we're not supposed to actually like hear the lyrics. Yeah. We're supposed to just kind of like feel an abstract mood. Yeah. That's why uh, Lil Nas X has so much backlash is because not only do you feel his music in the tone, but he mm-hmm. actually writes heavy lyric yeah. and like political lyrics yeah. that make sense and are very heavy in today's sure. volatile political climate and stuff like that. So it's like with meaning, music holds so much more weight. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, sure. And I like it. Like that's the kind of stuff I like. Like, you know, I love concept records because I love Pink Floyd, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was raised on Pink Floyd. That's my dad's, you know, the wall yeah. was my dad's favorite yeah. album. Uh, well, Dark Side of the Moon was his all time favorite, but he was, you know, always said, you know, yeah. Or like I, I, like, I was, so. I like had a, like a, like a fish, a fish album. I think it just was farmhouse when I was a, a kid that I felt like, album. Yeah, but I just remember being a teen and thinking like, these are metaphors, you know, right. <laughs> like, and feeling like, well, and, you know, that was in 2005 before the internet like had everything on it. And I remember thinking like, I'd really like to talk to other fans about like what their theories are about what this line means. Um, yeah. So I think that kind of thing influenced me a lot as a kid. And yeah, I don't know. It's also maybe a bit genre specific because I think like, like there's always been 
like politics and rock. Oh yeah. And like punk for sure, obviously. Um, and I think like, I think also in rap, like a lot of rap. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it depends, like certainly not all, but (laughs) A but, lot of yeah. the early 90s, uh, late 80s rap was very politically yeah. charged, like um, NWA. Um, of course, yeah. You well, know, and like Wu-Tang, my, um, like all of them are super heavily political charged because like they're demographics of people who have been, you know, yeah, put down by society and yeah. other, you know, groups in power. And it's the only way that a lot of people can get a message out there sure. is by making something catchy right? that makes you feel something. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which I feel like it, we definitely have a, a desire for that in our culture now, but it's almost like, I mean, and of course there are always pockets of things happening, but I feel like, yeah, nowadays that stuff is happening more in like, great tv like hbo shows like it's happening in like excellent like emmy award-winning tv writing and not so much i mean i think it's pretty safe to say that the vast majority of what's in like the mainstream in music right now is like not super earnest no yeah it's like yeah it's your party accompaniment or your breakup accompaniment yeah it's very trendy yeah and that's that's not earnest at or all like a, just really. a snapshot like i yeah. feel like it's like this music is for like dirk lerb and like yeah. this music is for my breakup and this music is for like the road trip you know right yeah but like the actual like individual components of the songs are like neither here nor there yeah no i i, I fully understand it's like trying to just scratch the surface without really delving too deep because if they get too niche with it, then it won't, it won't be as popular. They can't sell it. If it just hints on the vague idea of something that everybody feels it's pop culture 101, right? Yeah. So, or at least American, like, cause I was talking about this with another guest a couple of weeks ago, like in, you know, England, even like the general public has more of a taste for like depth yeah. But I think like and and Americans will like to consume things that have already been like vetted in England. But right. like we're not great at like nurturing artistic voices that are like coming up in America. Oh yeah, I I definitely agree. There are, the artistic community in America has been stifled by so much um anti-progress yeah in the education system is how i feel like i think definitely and also i think i think also we have like a we have like a vulnerability aversion like if it makes me think or feel then oh yeah then you gotta get rid of (laughs) it or if it makes me think or feel anything that i don't i'm not already accustomed to feeling every day anyway then it's too it's, it's too scary or something yeah no i totally understand yeah don't even get me started about it. I could really go on one. I mean, I think in particular the music industry is like going through some. Oh yeah. S- some things. Definitely. <laughs> Do you want to say anything else about like your college years or like what it felt like? I mean, I'd love to hear you talk about like, I mean, you maybe, maybe you had a, um, an upbringing or like an, an artistic development period 
that I assume was maybe a bit different than some of your classmates in college. Um, I don't know, like you can talk about what it felt like to be a student at college or like what you learned or what you liked. So a lot of what I focused on was uh, art theory, like I said. Um, I feel like it it definitely helped me to understand things in my own career a lot better. Like Um, contextually or... Yeah. Um, so like with art theory, there's a lot of color theory and stuff that helps to understand, um, how best to apply a tattoo that, um, they're just fundamental rules of art that once you, once you learn all of them and can start applying all of them, Mm. all of your art gets better. So it's giving you kind of like that code. Yeah. It's give. it's like learning the code for writing art. Was there anything about being in art school that like was socially or like emotionally beneficial to you? Um, Being around peers that um, because I went to the art institute. So um, it was I know where it is. All artists. Yeah. The art institute. You mean like the one it's not around anymore, but it was like in Draper. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. Actually, I used to do um, like concerts with my private students in their culinary like the culinary students would like make yeah. a dinner my we girlfriend do, like, um, there. i found out recently my girlfriend of the last three years um we actually went to college together and never knew oh cool yeah so she was in the culinary school and i was in the graphics well portion. i wonder if i met her there yeah, you maybe. should ask her if she ever because i'm i'm sure i'm the only person that did that like I, I like, I really like collaborating and I like trying to kind of like think outside the box. Like I, I really enjoy those kind of like big picture creatives. So yeah. I wanted to be able to do like a dinner concert with my students. And I thought like a culinary school will be the perfect place to do that because like yeah. it's mutually beneficial kind of. Yeah. Um, but if she ever played, if know. she ever worked, if she ever was working while there was like a, a voice studio recital, that would have been my me i will have to ask, ask her. her i will yeah. definitely ask because we That's... did two we did two a year for like several years there you know what i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say that it's a 60 percent likelihood just because small good, lake city that's yeah. just it's a simulation yeah. and i have no doubts that we're connected more than just one way i think <laughs> that all the time too and it's one thing i mean yeah like particulars of simulation theory aside right (laughs) um part of what i love about doing this podcast is i get to talk to people and have like these kind of like real conversations like people who i probably would have had no other reason to ever meet or interact with right and something about that also feels like meta creative to me um in a really like satisfying and kind of like it is this kind of earnestness that i'm talking about that like it's in my value system and i feel like i am just determined to like um, like fill my life up with it as much yeah. as like, it's not cool. I fully agree <laughs> because so one of the main goals with, um, I'm starting a new shop cool. and, um, one of the main goals is that I want to build a collective of other tattoo shops. Um, cool. the place that I'm guest spotting at right now is Zen tattoo. Um, they're really cool people there. Um, we're going to be having an I'm going to be having an art show at my new shop um, in December. Uh, we're planning it for around the 18th. Um, but a couple of the artists from Zen are going to be coming over with art pieces for the art show. We're also inviting um, 
a couple of charity events um, to our art show. There will be um, Inked Against Cancer, the Cancer Warriors Foundation, um, the Hildegard and Jay Koenig. Um, They'll be um, at the shop with a booth um, just kind of promoting their um, charity and a portion of the proceeds from the art show will go towards them as well. And this is like your project. This is my project. Yes. So, um, this is just the first of many, um, art shows and charity events that arcade tattoo will be, um, sponsoring, um, in the near future. How do you, do you want to talk more about like why you feel like this kind of action, you know, for an independent artist is, is, like, why are you doing it? So um, I just really enjoy giving back. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy making a difference in people's lives that I know how it is to struggle. Yeah. And I know what it would have been like in any of those times of struggle to be able to have a little bit of something. Yeah. Just because someone actually cared, you know. Do so you feel like people are like, okay, you're doing what and why and who are you to be doing this? Like, do you get that kind of feedback ever? I I do get that kind of feedback quite a bit. How Um, do you like, how do you deal with it? Uh, well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really like, cause I, I get this too. Like, I mean, I think, I think some of us, I've interviewed enough professional artists to know that there aren't any similarities we can count on. Like we, I mean, I will have things like in common with almost all of my guests, but they're, they're often different things. Um, but yeah, this kind of feeling of like responsibility and maybe even like, maybe this is a strong word, but I I think it's appropriate, you know, being kind of like a visionary about like seeing a bigger thing, seeing a bigger purpose, having an idea of the way that you as like a single person could affect change by you know, gathering and organizing other people in a different way. I really understand that. I think I feel this way a lot. Um, On the other hand, like you do need other people to like bring these visions to life. And that means you have to kind of like sell these ideas to other people. And yeah. yeah, So how, how do you kind of, how do you see like your own kind of responsibility here? And then how do you kind of like, I don't know, deal with people like not catching your vision? Um, so I try to just be as honest as I can about my goals. Um, obviously one of my main goals is to work for myself because that's the best way to make money. Mm -hmm. But another one of my goals is in doing that, I'll be able to give more back. Yeah. So, um, you know, selling these ideas of charity to a lot of people, you'd be surprised. A lot of people in the tattoo industry are very charitable. Yeah. Um, I I also, I also roll with a lot of bikers and same thing. We all go to a lot of, uh, charity biker events and, um, I'm going to be running one of those in the summer as well. Um, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. (laughs) Like people who've been through like things like often are like high, the most highly empathic people. And, and I also think like I interviewed, I interviewed another tattooist, um, like a year and a half ago. And she, she talked a lot about like, just this kind of like this intimacy of like creating art on people's bodies. And I just thought like, I never had thought about it before, but like, of course you'd have to be like, I mean, maybe not have to be, but it would make me think that a, a most tattooists are like 
empathic people. Oh yeah. Sensitive people. If, if you're any good at it, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tattoo artists that are not empathetic and understanding don't last long. Yeah. Um, or they're not, they're not going to be making the kind of money they could if they just went to therapy. Yeah. Um, Uh, yeah. you know, seriously, get you, get yourself some help. Get into therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Get into therapy. It's good for you. (laughs) But, um, you know, like just being able to help someone get through something because a lot of people use tattoos as therapy. Yeah. Um, and they're they're very cathartic. And being able to empathize with someone that not only are they physically hurting from the tattoo, but they're going to be emotionally hurting yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Most people who have tattoos have at least one tributary tattoo. Yeah. It's, um, and that kind of stuff is very, um, you know, interesting to deal with. Yeah. Um, just the the level of caring you have to take with a lot of your clients they're going to be going through some stuff yeah 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 i get that i mean i teach i teach singing lessons which is also like very vulnerable and a lot of people not everyone i mean some people just kind of want to be famous but a lot of people who want to sing um i have found are quiet people kind of shy people they're they're searching for a way to connect their inner their inner voice to the world. Yeah. Um, and I find it like an incredible honor. I take it very seriously, yeah. especially when I'm working with people who like have had any trauma or, you know, lots of times I find that I'm teaching like adult women who've never felt like they have had a voice or I'm teaching people who are gay, who feel like they've never had a voice. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe those are the kinds of students that gravitate toward me. I understand that completely because yeah. same thing, a lot of neurodivergence yeah, like yeah, tattoos. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, there's also a lot of members of the LGBT community that, um, yeah. I've done several tattoos for mastectomy scar coverups. Cool. Yeah. Um, not only on women with breast cancer, um, and actually one man with breast cancer. Um, and then also, um, I've done mastectomy scar coverups for those, um, in transition. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it can be very affirming for their identity to no longer feel like they've got the scars from being a woman, but now they just have a badass tattoo instead, you know, or something of the sort. Totally. Well, and like you and I both know, and I'm sure a lot of artists feel this way, like we have these heightened, magical, like really, really profound experiences with our clients um, in our in our very, you know, in our tiny, tiny rooms. Like, you know, we we have these beautiful experiences. And so we know that what we're doing is like there's something like there's something extra, um, but it it is the kind of um, the kind of service or the kind of labor that maybe is largely invisible to the general public, which I can totally see how you having like having had experiences like that would feel like it makes perfect sense to like organize these bigger events and like put these things together. And I can also see people being like, I don't get this. I don't understand. Yeah. 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 No, there's, there's a, there's a clear divide. 
Yeah, there yeah, yeah. is a very clear divide. And you can see it a lot with um, different tattoo shops. Um, yeah. You'll you'll notice the kind of tattoo shop that is going to be doing stuff like that. Sure. They'll advertise for it. And it's not for the purpose of advertising their shop, but rather the event itself. Yeah. And then you can see the clear line between people who do charity so that they can get money. Right, right, right. And so that they can take advantage of a, of a demoralized or, um, demonetized group. Right. And it's, it's tricky though. Like, cause even just when you were saying before, like, you know, one of your main goals is to like work for yourself. Like you deserve to like be paid well for your expertise. Absolutely. I find this sometimes like very difficult. Like, even just this kind of idea that like art, because I think our culture definitely has this idea that art is like a gift to the artist unto itself, which like, of course it is, but like, you can't, you can't, uh, feed yourself on like warm fuzzies, Yeah, you know? And I, I don't know. I find that like exposure doesn't pay the bills. These boundaries (laughs) that we have to keep within ourselves as like, the, the boundaries that keep our, our art like whole and pure and like unadulterated, but that also like allow us to, um, value ourselves. I find it to be like a minefield sometimes. Oh yeah. I I find it to be like very tricky and I'll try to be really, really clear, like, um, where I'll do like work for free, where I'll do work for almost free, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. It's hard. It's hard. I I fully understand that. Um, I do the annual inked against cancer event, which is uh, basically it's a tattoo convention. Um, it's a little mini tattoo convention usually held at the Utah state fairgrounds. Um, 60 to a hundred artists sometimes. Um, it really just depends on, you know, this year it was a little light because of Corona. So, uh, yeah. we could definitely use some help next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody who's listening, yeah. um, <laughs> come on out. Um, but yeah, so, and during those events, um, we donate half, Cool. half of all proceeds go towards yeah. the cancer warriors foundation. Cool. They're, they're the ones that I'm inviting to my first art show as well. Cool. Um, And, uh, so because of that, um, I mean, obviously you get to claim that kind of stuff on taxes. It's not that big of a loss. It's just a little bit of your current spending cash. And honestly, it's for a great cause. Um, just being able to help other people and give back is such a good feeling that I just, I don't understand why more people don't do it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where like, I don't get why you don't. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I definitely am with you there. Yeah. Um, do you have any like of your own like art baggage? Like, are there things where you feel like inadequate or like, do you feel pretty wholesome about that stuff? Like, do you have fears as an artist? There's always the fear that you're not going to be um, relevant. Right. Um, especially with tattoo artists, there's, um, relativity is, is a big factor. Um, what do you mean? Uh, making sure that you are a courteous artist is very important for tattoo artists. Um, cause there, there are really nice artists out there. And if you're not one of them, they're not going to go to you. Sure. There are really good artists out there. If you're not one of them, they're not going to go to you. You know, you're going to be struggling through a lot of life if you don't take the time to cultivate yourself properly. Are there particular areas that you feel like you have to kind of, 
or that you feel like you have overcome or that you kind of consistently have to like check in with yourself on? Um, so I always try to, I'm, I'm a pretty cocky person actually, Okay. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm a little overconfident at times, but I try to remain as humble as I can be in my art. Um, because you know, knowing that it's going to be on someone permanently, you want to do your best job every time. Yeah. So staying humble is very important, yeah. but also being confident is very important. So it's, right. it's a fine it balance between all of those things and mm-hmm. just maintaining, maintaining the proper mindset to be able to progress forward. Um, you should never be done learning as an artist, no matter what genre you're in. You should never be done learning as a person. Yeah. No matter what your medium is, no matter what you're doing in life, if you're done learning something, stop doing that thing, learn something else. Like if I ever decide that I have done, learned everything in tattoos, I will, I will hang up my machines. I'll be like, all right, I guess I'm done now. I feel the same way. I feel so strongly about this. And that's why like, that's why I feel like curiosity is so important. I was just talking about this with, I think what the, what will have been last week's episode. Uh, I'm think time is weird, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like, like I was saying before, creativity is something that I think it's a tragedy for not every human to have a relationship with creativity. And I think like inherently related to that is curiosity. Like I think you have to be curious in order to be creative. Oh, absolutely. And curiosity just automatically implies that you don't know things. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 No, never be so confident that you can't learn, you yeah. know, like always, there's always something to learn from everybody you work with, no matter what it is. I have learned. Couldn't agree more. I have learned something from every single artist that I have ever worked with, whether it be art related or not. Some I of it is totally agree. just about ease of use. Um, yeah. The way I tear my paper towels, I learned from someone like, eight years ago yeah, and it saves me time now. So I remember that thing I learned from them, their style of totally. tattooing wasn't anything close to what I do now. Yeah. So I think that's what I was what getting at earlier when we were talking about like, if confidence is like, or if this kind of outward confidence is like necessary, or if you kind of like when you're, you know, working with artists who have like a different kind of manner. Cause I, I think, I think I tend to feel that, everyone has something like I, I tend to feel that everyone has something incredible to bring to the table. Oh, absolutely. I know several shy artists that are very, um, tentative about their work and, um, yeah. they're like, Oh, I don't know if it's going to be good or whatever. And it always turns out amazing. Yeah. And I've noticed the couple of times that those artists got a little bit too confident, their art wasn't as good. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you should just remain humble Yeah, (laughs) because you get your best work that way. And you know, a lot of it is like, sometimes if you go too fast, you're not going to do a good job. And if, you know, if you take your time and And different artists have different styles and different um, ways of going about approaching a tattoo that it's, it's not a blanket yeah. You know, you can't just yeah. put everybody under the same thing and call it good. There's, that's why apprenticeships are so important yeah. is to learn how to work with your apprentice to teach them how to be a good artist. Yeah. No which matter not which be the direction. Same way you're a good artist. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and of course that applies just like across the board with people in general, uh, meaning like 
the way that you communicate with that you like to communicate might not be the way that someone else likes to communicate. And, you know, there can be creativity to be had in those places. Definitely. Um, okay. Maybe we just talk about like a couple more things. Um, did you always like identify as an artist or was that something that came like later on in your life? I think I've always identified as an artist. Um, like I said, a lot of my siblings and family and friends from a young age have always supported my drawings and um, the different mediums that I've tried. Um, I have a very good um, following now that is very cool. supportive in everything I do. So, Do you have thoughts about like why art, like uh, regardless of medium, is like important or what you think it should do or whether you think artists have like a any certain kind of responsibility? I think that art is so important because expression is so important, especially in today's modern society where so many people have been experiencing oppression for decades. And it's just now coming to where people are being allowed to be the people they are and have been since birth. And now they're able to express it. And I think that um, a lot of art, being about expression can help to push that movement forward. I think I've seen so many beautiful murals go on downtown, um, downtown Salt Lake city. Um, I've been to Phoenix. There's several murals out there that are gorgeous. I grew up there. Um, and a lot of them are somewhat politically charged. A lot of them are whimsical and childlike and Mm. they just, bringing art into these flat square gray cities is so important to me because of how many children live in these cities and don't get to see the, this beauty like it is in nature, you know? Sure. And I think that expression through art is so important because it allows children to understand that the world isn't so cut and dry and square and gray. Right, right, right. What are you trying to express in your art? Like any, any, uh, you know, favorite kind of like values or things? Um, most of my art is about whimsy and, um, a lot of the designs I do are vaguely cartoon themed, um, but in a different style. Like I, I like to draw like Weenie the Pooh, but, um, as a big grizzly bear. Cool. Um, so you know, surrounded with honeysuckle flowers or something Lovely. like that. You know, just like some, my interpretations of art are things that molded me to become the person I am today, but with a little bit of a a tweak on it. You know what yeah. I mean? It, my art is, a, is an expression of who I am a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, yes, this molded me, but I'm a different person now. I'm more mature. Mm. I'm... You know, and so doing things in my style, the very Art Nouveau, very heavy with line work, it's yeah, not quite as cartoony. Yeah. You know, it um it allows me to express a lot of um growth yeah. in my art. Cool. So that's is there do you wanna say anything about uh being on the spectrum or any anything you wish people knew? Um being on the spectrum can sometimes be a little bit difficult in working with um, some clients because mm-hmm. now a lot of people aren't super educated on what it means to be right. on the autistic spectrum. And, um, 
the way I design art is very specific. I It takes a long time for me to think about things and to mull them over and kind of feel the art in its entirety before I draw it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I procrastinate on purpose. I, I don't draw most of my art until a couple of days or if not the day of yeah. the tattoo that I'm You're doing. actively processing I'm actively processing it. Yeah. it in my brain. And a lot of that is because of my, my autism, it just kind of keeps things that are relevant at the forefront. Mm. And I have so many projects going on that most of the time next week's project isn't relevant today. Sure. So I think, I mean, I feel like that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and <laughs> in all honesty, I've found with most of my art that that's the way you get the best results out of me anyway, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, because I, I feel the spirit of inspiration as I'm getting ready to tattoo it. And I'm like, I get super excited to do every tattoo the day of. Cool. So that's awesome that you're excited about it. Yeah. I love that. Like, yeah. Feeling like your work is like gleeful, you know, like it's not to say there are things that are, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not to say, I'm sure that there are times where you're busy and stressed, but like the, the actual things remains like really exciting. Definitely. And then I think the last thing I want to kind of, see if you want to talk about is like, what are you learning now? Like what, what kind of, where are you focusing your, um, yeah. Like, like what are, what boundaries are you pushing, uh, pushing on lately? So, um, over the course of the last year, I've been preparing to open up my new shop. Um, it's going to be called arcade tattoo. It's going to be in Kearns, Utah. Um, and just getting to the point where I'm ready to, pass everything that I have right now on to others and bring others into my own circle to learn from as well. Uh, building a new shop has been quite the journey. There's a lot of discrimination in the Salt Lake Valley with um, places to go. That's why we ended up in Kearns, but why? ultimately we were going to go for um, West Jordan near Jordan Landing. There's uh, several businesses out Sentence okay. over again. It's recording again now. <laughs> So there are several businesses around Jordan Landing that uh, have policies against tattoos. Oh my gosh, in, really? Yeah. And, Why? Uh, despite the uh, the new law change in West Jordan and South Jordan, um, there are still discriminatory language um, contained within a lot of businesses. Um, not to name names because I'm not trying oh, to. I'm not get, saying, trying like, to get sniped from. You big, mean like their employees fish. can't have tattoos? Um, they're. So Jordan Landing has a few businesses there that don't allow for tattoo shops to be near them. Oh, that seems... Very discriminatory. Like it couldn't be legal. Yeah, it's not. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, And despite the new law change that happened about a year and a half ago, Studio Elevate is one of the people who uh, piloted that one. And now they have uh, yeah. their shop in South Jordan. But it took a long time for them to get it there, too. Wow. And so now my my difficulty is that this discriminatory language has pushed me a little past my budget and a little past my time frame. Sure. And so sure. we're still going for Kearns. Um, we found a beautiful building, private studios. Um, so all uh, we'll have room for about nine artists plus myself. Yeah. Um, they're all private booths. Um, cool. And... We're also going to have enough room for about four apprentices in the shop in addition to all the artists. That's great. Um, 
the front of the lobby is going to be pretty awesome. It's uh, arcade tattoo, so it's arcade themed. We're going to have some arcade machines cool. up there, a skee ball machine eventually, cool. and um, <laughs> like a claw machine for merchandise and uh, pinball machines, stuff like that. So it's cool. going to be pretty fun. Fun. Uh, eventually, we'll get some retro consoles in and allow our clients to play them while they're taking breaks between tattoos or if they're waiting on someone to get a tattoo. Cool. Um, we'll be doing lots of merchandising. Um, with my own label, um, cool. as well as um, the shop label. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it looks great. Thank you. It looks great. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will have stickers and pins, and cool. eventually we're going to be getting into some 3D printing uh, awesome. D&D minifigures. Awesome. So just all the different kinds of art, anything you can think of, we're going to try and touch base on a little bit. I love that. And Any, uh, any music involved? Yes. Um, so during our art show, I have um, a friend who is going to be uh, – doing a live DJ performance for our art show. And I'll cool. probably have that be a recurring thing. Cool. Uh, his name is uh, Carl Ryman and cool. he is a digital music producer. Awesome. So he'll be, uh, um, most of our, our musical theme for the shop is very retro eighties, nineties, arcade, Love. very bright neon pink and blue and teal and stuff like cool. that with pink very and teal. Sub- subdued, uh, black and gray and a lot of gloss on the floor. It's going to be very, it's going to be very artful. It's going to be a, a very nice cool, place. I'd love to have you out for the, uh, I, I would love that. I, I would love to have you out and yeah. maybe even do a, a little mini, sure. mini event. However for I the, can help. Yeah, yeah that whatever. would be, it would be fantastic. It, it'll be like, um, early uh, we're in... planning for uh, December 18th. Cool. Um, but I can, I'll send you email updates and stuff like okay, that as cool. well. Please do. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're planning the art show for the 18th and then our grand opening should hopefully be January. Awesome. Um, we're just finalizing the lease right now just got to get that last paperwork in. That's and, a big deal. Um, That's huge. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, we're, um, I'm going to be starting today actually will be the start of my Black Friday um, gift certificate sale. So cool. it'll be buy three, get one free. This They're a hundred dollars until yeah. January. Oh, it's all good. So, yeah, but, no, I understand. But, but for but, the um, listener, pay attention to next Black Friday. Yes, Ted absolutely. I always run sales during the holidays. <laughs> cool. Um, as you should. And, um, so yeah, it'll awesome. be, it'll be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come in the near future. And cool. I'm sure that, uh, we'll set up another one of these after the please, shop's open and we please. can, uh, we can yeah. update all the listeners. Great. Would love it. On uh, what's going on. Okay. Ted, I ask everybody at the end on this day, what's your dream collaboration? My dream dream collaboration. collaboration. You can involve anyone. Hmm. You can build a team. You can summon someone from the grave. Who would I want to collaborate with? Oh my, there's so many cool artists out there. You know what? I would want to have um, Van Gogh. I would want oh. Van Gogh to design a um, tattoo for me. For you, yeah. cool. I would. Love I would love for him to specifically like get to know me a little and design something for me. Just I, for you. I love sunflowers. Um, cool. and I love his sunflowers, obviously. Yeah. Um, my dad was very into sunflowers and it would be a very sentimental thing. And honestly, 
like getting to meet him like very Doctor Who at the museum, Van Gogh Museum yeah. with him would be just epic. I would yeah. I would love to meet Van Gogh. Cool. Um, plus, you know, I understand the tortured soul, homeless struggle and all that, too. So I've yeah. I've been there and it's it's hard and I get yeah. it. So I would love to just it would be a really fun collaboration. That would be a really fun collaboration. And then, okay, you've kind of said, but just right at the end, tell everybody where to find your work. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Ted Slaymaker cool. um, or on Instagram at ArcadeTattoo.Utah. Okay, awesome. Ted, thanks so much. It was great to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Nice thanks. to meet you too. And this has been super fun. Great. Thanks for it, having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.